America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org. You'll probably notice by the audio that we are outdoors right now. I'm hanging out in another G camp, doing doing a little bit of a visitation with my friend and neighbor out here, Brian Morris. And you'll probably remember Brian's name from podcasts that we did not too long ago where we discussed a couple of his books, uh, The Green Beret's Survival Guide and The Green Beret Bushcrafting Guide, both of which you can find on Amazon.com. And, uh, dude, it is really good to be out here, man. Beautiful sunny day out in the woods, out on your home range, man. This is this is good stuff. Well, it's good to be here. I appreciate you having me on the podcast again. Yeah, bro. Anytime, man, and and you know, realizing that you live literally as as close as you do, um, you know, we need to need to make this a little bit more regular of a thing as our, our schedules can allow. We need to be uh, have supporting fires. Yeah, you, know? you uh, you <laughs> you you definitely would have been entertained by the last scout course, man. That was uh, it was. Seeing uh, the small unit tactics that that were developing in real time was uh, a heck of a lot of fun. But you also would have enjoyed one of the students there uh, who did not make it to the end. He got an invitation. A lot of I, I see the look on your face, Ed. He got an invitation to leave early. Uh, but that that's uh, oh no no. He decided that he had his own ideas on how SUT needs to be run. Um, based on his non-experience, and that was a you know he got a uh, he got an invitation to leave. This this cat looked like sideshow Bob, man. Yeah, he like okay. he 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 just. I mean, you know, on, on the first day on range day, when you see a, a um, we'll say a bottom tier AR that he told me he built himself, spitting out aluminum shavings, like bad. Yeah, and he can't hit anything. Broadside of a barn. Yes, yeah. and I'm like, all right, just do what I'm telling you to do. And he wanted to argue, like, no, no, the rifle is fine. He was <laughs> he was German too. Okay. Nine nine rifle is fine. It is good. I built this and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, okay, dude. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it, it was a very very good time to say the very entertaining time to say the least. Well, I'm looking forward to taking a couple of your courses, man. I, Dude, yeah. 
Come on out, I've man. Lots of good things about him. Oh, yeah, you're too kind, man. You, some of the the, the the shit talkers online too. He was mean. <laughs> nah, only only they, there's only been two people that have got that dubious honor of being being booted, but you know, and there was a couple others yeah, that yeah, probably should so. have. Yeah. I would say if you're taking a course, you know, just do whatever the instructor says. You know, you're there to learn. And, uh, yeah. If you don't want to take it, then don't take it. You can brain dump whatever you want. But to me, if, if, if I get, if I spend an hour and I get five minutes of knowledge that could save my life, I'm happy, you know. It's a different animal from, you know, the, the military side of the house where you're like, okay, Grab your rug and get on the truck. Like, right, right. you know, yeah, it's, it's very you binary. More, uh, <laughs> more tact, I guess. Or, or less, depending on how you look at it. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's good stuff, man. But but talking about your books, like, that's, Yeah, you know. so I've got, um, so I've, I've got two books out right now that are available on Amazon, Books A Million, uh, Barnes & Noble. You know, you get them wherever you want. But uh, The Green Beret Survival Guide was the first book, and... That covers, you know, uh, pretty much everything having to do with situational awareness. So, situational awareness, self-defense, active shooter defense, travel safety, home security, uh, terrorism awareness, surviving in captivity, um, going off the grid, you know, how to drop off the grid, bugging out, surviving a disaster, extreme weather situations, things like that, and also cover um that's my dog if you hear something weird right now we are outside sorry about yeah. that people no it's fine it's uh, fine our special guest yeah keyword survival um cyber security pandemic this is before i wrote this book before covid and actually wrote a whole chapter on uh on pandemic survival so there's there's good stuff in here um for sure now the new book actually um you know, it complements this book. I won't say it's like a part two, but the Green Beret Bushcrafting Guide covers everything having to do with, uh, well, first off, it starts off talking about EDC, you know, everyday carry. Not only what you carry on your body, but what you carry in your vehicle every day, um, having a pack. I, I cover go packs. I cover, you know, 72-hour packs, bug out bags, get back home bags, you know, all that, that the whole spectrum of, of equipment that you may or may not take with you. And, and you know, it, it really depends on the situation. And, and, and I really go through in detail, um, you know, the thought process behind carrying those types of things and what you carry in your vehicle, what you carry on your person, what you carry in your pack. And it will give the, the reader the ability to make a, you know, an educated decision on what they, what they want for a, for the situation that they're in because every situation is different you know if you, right. you think about it like you you live very close to me yeah right um you theoretically could could walk back home without a problem in less than a day you know yeah but what if, if people most people work you know 30 to 60 minutes from their house 60 miles that's a long way you know if you think about it yeah if you have to do that on foot that could take you days. I mean, they, and and to put the whole bug out thing in context, man, like, I think the most legendary E&E, 
that I can think of. The the lo- most legendary movement that I can think of was uh, Dennis Crocamp. I, I don't know if you're familiar with a book, but it was uh, the Bush War in Rhodesia, mm-hmm. and uh, it's basically his his story of being a Rhodesian light infantryman. He was in uh, the the first Italian RLI, and then he was a solo scout after that. And uh, the guy literally went into, um, I think it was Mozambique, and was he, he was planting landmines. Oh yeah, we do Mozambique drills here. Yeah, Two that, he, it, they they were doing the cross border operations and uh, got separated from his team. He was going out to look for water. Got separated from his team. They, you know, they were in three man teams, and um, had to walk back. And walked back into Rhodesia, and that was about a sixty-mile movement. And um, he and, and the reason that that story is so notable is because it's so rare. Like sixty miles is a long, doggone way. Enemy territory. Yeah. You know where and everybody wants to kill you. In America, we we don't think about those kind of things. Look what just happened in Israel, man. Yeah. You know Israel up until this point. You know it, it's been a long time since. Those areas would have been considered a combat zone. Right. Definitely, if you're living someplace and you have your children, you know, living there and your family, you're not thinking that it's a it's a non-permissive environment. You know, you're thinking right. at best semi-permissive towards the border areas and inner Israel, where where that stuff happened. Where you know, you look at that kibbutz where where that massacre happened. Twelve hundred people were slaughtered. Yeah. You know, in a place that they thought was, you know was totally permissive. Right. You know? Yeah, so, most of those people so weren't how armed, quickly man. quickly can a permissive environment become a non-permissive environment? It could happen in America. You know, and if you're if you're 60 miles from your house, mm-hmm. and let's just say there's an EMP, you know? Let's say there's an EMP, or some other catastrophic event that happens. Now you've got to, for whatever reason, you know, it, it could be that your vehicle no longer works. It could be that there's checkpoints and you just, it's safer to just take the woods and just, you know, and, and, and navigate your way back. Yeah. But are you prepared to do that? Most people aren't, you know? No. And, and that's why I, I go in this book, I talk about, you know, food, water, uh, food and water procurement, finding and building shelter, providing security for yourself and for your family, right? And, or, or for whoever that's with you. Communications and signal, it's right up your alley. Yep. Uh, health and first aid, land navigation, and firecraft. Those are, those are the eight areas that I concentrate on. But I, I also talk about EDC and get back home bags. And I call them, I, I say get back home because to me, you know, most people, that's even before bugging out or anything like that, you know, the first thing that's usually on their mind is I, I got to get back home. I got to get to my family. Right. You know, and what do you have with you every time you leave your house? Do you have what you need to get back to your house? Even if you have to ditch your vehicle, you know, are you carrying a, a crowbar? Do you have bolt cutters in, in case there's, you know, you have to get through some fencing or something like that? Do you have, you know, uh, a good jack? You know, a lot of people, they just, oh, I got the jack in my car for, for <laughs> you know, most of them are a piece yeah, of crap. Yeah, right? yeah. And I carry one of those, you know, a, a big yeah. industrial jack. And if you got a truck, why not? You know, if you got a yeah. vehicle, carry that kind of stuff. You're not going to. You're not going to really affect your your, uh, your gas mileage that much by taking a few extra things. So I carry all that stuff in my vehicle, and uh, I I go over it in the book. If you, if you get the book, you'll see we use a pace plan as 
the basis for what you carry. So basically, everything has a primary, an ultimate, a contingency, and an emergency. So I, I look at it, you know, <clears throat> food, water, shelter, security, communications, health, firecraft, and land navigation. And each of those things are four deep. Primary, alternate, contingency, and emergency. Right. And, uh, yeah, go into detail on stuff in the book. It's, real, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how your bag will, you know, if you, if you really get the book and you really get into, you know, putting one of these bags together and, and really start thinking about what you carry on your person every day and your EDC, you'll see that it, over time, you know, you're going to switch things out. You're going to, things that you thought you were going to carry, you're not going to carry, you know, right. because some people have a everyday carry when the shit hits the fan. Well, right. you know, you don't know when the shit's going to hit the fan. You have no yeah. idea, you know. So, so that's making me smile because, you, you know, you, you run into these people all the time. That you know they, they have these circular arguments online or whatever, but I, and and I kind of avoid a lot of that. But the uh, you meet them in in real life too, and they're like, oh, you know, well I carry this handgun for this and that handgun for that, and I mean, you know, well you know they say what's the best weapon to have when shit the is one that's in your hand, the one that's in your hand, the one, the one, and and you need to be intimately familiar with it. Yeah, it, it's um. You know, the Glock 19, is it the greatest handgun of all time? I don't think so, but that's what I carry because it's ubiquitous in this environment. A lot of other people carry it, but it's also what I've been shooting for years upon years upon years. So that muscle memory is there. Yeah, I, I was like that with Brez. I carried Beretta forever. And uh, I, I recently have, have reluctantly... Um, started building muscle memory for uh, my 2.0 yeah you know and, yep and uh i'm glad i did because it's it's actually i feel like it's a it's an easier weapon to shoot you know accurately yeah under duress and i've been i've been working with it uh for a little bit of time now and and but i i see your point about muscle memory it's very important whatever weapon you carry you need to make sure that you are using it to a point where, you know, think about this, like when a kid runs out in front of you when you're driving, you know, people don't understand muscle memory. So if a kid runs out, you're driving down the road and a kid runs in front of you, you know, your foot automatically goes from the gas to the brake. You don't think about it. Mm -hmm. It just happens, you know, and you need to get that way with being able to draw and employ your weapon, right. whatever weapon you're carrying. You know, and if you're not that comfortable with it where it just happens and you, you didn't have to think about it, then you're probably not training enough. Right. You know? Right. You know, and that, and that brings me to my next point, which is, hey, come train with us. You know, you guys, I know you're doing, you do a lot of the, the small unit tactic stuff. Here, yep. we do a lot of one-on-one training at, at Jam Dynamic, which is my company. Uh, mm-hmm. My my good friend, Kyle Jansen, who's a, a former MP and former SWAT guy, um, and, and myself started this business, and uh, we do... Shotgun, uh, rifle, and pistol. You know, basic and advanced pistol and rifle, carbine. Mm -hmm. We do AKs and and ARs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and then we do tactical shotgun. And it's basically one-on-one. We do do a couple courses that that we we can teach up to six people. And then we do, uh, we we also do the the North Carolina concealed carry course Every other Saturday. Oh, right on. Yeah, but, um, yeah I get a lot of questions about concealed carry, and I don't teach it. 
um, really the, the main reason that I don't is because that would eat up a lot of weekends that I could be teaching, uh, you know, SIGINT, like I just got back from Missouri and I kind of, my, my schedule was kind of already compressed, but that's, that is really good to know that somebody right around in here is offering that, especially somebody oh, yeah. with your, your base of knowledge. That's the thing with concealed carry, you know, you, you kind of, you got to be careful because there's a lot of people that are teaching it and you, you, you don't know who, who they are, you know, or what their background is, what, what's their experience level, what do they bring to the table. Sometimes people just look at the price. They're like, oh, you know, we charge $100. I give a 20% discount for veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about the going price, you know. You can't right. You can't really go much over that. But it's a, no. it's a full-day course. You don't get nine hours of training. Who do you want to sit in front of for nine hours? He's just checking the box, or, man. Or guys that actually have experience that can can pass that experience on to you. Right. You know, when people leave here, they feel comfortable with their pistol enough to at least they know what they know and they know what they don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that you can come here in a day and become an expert. You can't. And a lot of, to be honest with you, a lot of people that come for concealed carry are are scared. Um. But they're not necessarily experienced, you know. They're, they're, they they come here because they feel like they want to take control of their life. They want to get, they want to take control of their security, and they don't want to leave it up to, you know, the police because the police are reactionary. If you think about it, yeah. You know, it, when when do you call the police after something's happened? You don't. We're not. This isn't a yeah. minority report, you know. You yeah. Can't, no. You can't like predict when somebody's going to do something wrong, you know. No. So having having uh having that those thought processes a lot of people are like well i want to get my concealed carry so we get a lot of women and it, uh elderly people you know nothing wrong with that you know but come here and train i always tell people come and train with us our our courses are very inexpensive they can come here we got a great place to stay i showed you the uh the the camping area yeah man and uh you know you can fly in take take some of our shooting courses and uh so fly in on a Friday, do some shooting courses on a Saturday or or a Sunday, whatever, and then fly back. You know, we're only four yeah. minutes from RDU. Yeah, it, I mean it, it's it's close by, and I get those people that, you know, they they, um, they there's a lot of folks in the community that want to train, and that travel a lot of times is the the prohibiting factor to it. That makes it really easy. I mean, RDU is a is a major hub, so that cuts some of the cost right there of coming in, you know. And if you don't have to worry about too much getting out here, you know, hey man, it, that's that's a big, it's a giant plus. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's a it's a good time, and and you know, you leave here just like your courses. You know, people leave in it, and they feel like they they got their money's worth. You know, you're definitely not going to leave here feeling like you wasted your time. You know, right and, and Knowledge is power, you know, and, ha- and and being able to get ex- there's there's no there is no substitute for experience. You know, you have to get out there on the range and train. And I would say, you know, that that if you learn how to do something shitty fast, you just learn how to do something shitty fast. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, you just got really fast at doing something really crappy. So learn the right technique, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Get good at it. And, you know, you leave here with some skill sets. We do a lot of, of um, repetitive training. I give you guys 
I give my students uh, a lot of things that they could bring home with them in their toolbox that they can train on their own, uh, you know, from in, even in your house, you know. So yeah. There's, and, there, and there's a lot of new technology out right now that's making that easier and easier. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. The, the uh, you know, like the, um, I forgot what they're called, but, but you can get that laser simulator yeah. that's like, there's it's a, a Glock 19, there. man. There, there, there's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, that, that thing, a uh, buddy of mine brought it over. Uh, it's probably been a year ago now. And I was like, dude, you know, I'm so used to doing dry fire training with mm-hmm. my handgun. Right, right. So, you know. And that's it, the beauty of it is that you can yeah. you can just switch out the magazine. Yep. And you can you can do it with your own with your own weapon. Yep. You know, so yep. Not, you don't have to change out the entire upper receiver of an M4 anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you can just put a magazine in. I believe it's got a bolt that you just change out the bolt with their bolt. And, uh, that's, oh, that, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. That thing is, you, that, that's pretty you slick. Transition drills. You can do all kinds of things, you know, yeah. from, from in your house. Yep. So, Dude, yeah, that's, but, um, but I've been, been working a lot recently on, on working with people on, um, on, on home security, you know, and, and how to, how to clear, uh, how to clear your own house, you know, mm-hmm. how to clear your own property, how to, how do you, uh, how do you do that as one person, you know? Yeah. And, and so I, I put a few videos out there. You can check them out. They're on, they're on uh, YouTube and Instagram. Um, just look up uh, One Man Clearing, JM Dynamic, or uh, Brian Morris. Any one of those buzzwords. Yeah. And it should, should pop up. Yeah, man. That, and you know, like, Going back to the whole Israeli example mm-hmm. of of what happened um, down there, you know, it it's something I was saying literally from the beginning. It, it went down while we had the scout course going on. So, you know, that at zero five that morning, I always wake up and I'll check some of the the different OSINT feeds that are out there. It's, you know, situational awareness habit, um, but um, seeing some of the the footage that was posted to uh, Hamas has a telegram channel and, uh, there's, there's a few other organizations that are kind of adjacent to them that, that have telegram channels. Yeah. 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 There you go. And, and, oh yeah. Yeah. I see. But, um, the, those guys, uh, they definitely, they they were they were posting up a, a lot of stuff that that um, for exploitation value on, on their part, and um, that was that was kind of eye opening to me to see how well coordinated they were and and how quickly it went sideways uh, for the Israelis and and that kind of dispelled some myths that I think a lot of people had when they saw the sanitized videos that were in the the uh, mass media, but. Um, well, you know, if you if you look at if you look at the the history in Israel, you'll see one of the major issues is, and and, and we're running down a very similar path, you know. Yeah, yeah, we are. They, they had a lot of very liberal, very very, um, you know, just not force protection minded. Policies right. that have come down the pipe over the last ten years. That's where I was going with that. Yeah, is they got way too comfortable, you know. And and um, one of those myths I was talking about was, you know, oh everybody's armed there. 
Nah, it, you know, in fact, that that was that was a major myth. Now they're doing some things apparently to try and remedy that. They they are, and it's it's varied over the years. You know, it, it, there was a time where the um, they were arming people that were living in the. Uh, I'm sorry, I forget the the name of it, but it's it's up there in in uh, in the West Bank. You know, they, yep. they, they, yep. they were arming people. That were living close to either the border or to, to hostilities, you know, even down in, in the Gaza Strip in that area. But, you know, over time, I think they just got comfortable because nothing was happening. They were just like, well, you know, everybody must want to hug and hug it out and, yeah. you know, peace, love, and happiness. But it's not nah. like that, you know? Nah. You get, you got to, you, you, when you forget that you live next door to a monster, he's going to remind you. Yep. You know, and that's what happened. They got a they got a really unfortunate reminder. Yeah. You know, I find it ironic that we as Americans are are giving them shit for defending themselves now. I mean, no, nobody said you're you need to have a ceasefire after 9/11. I didn't, no. I didn't hear anybody say, "Hey, you're bombing the shit out of Taliban. You need to stop so they could no. get their breath." You know? Nah. When it, that's war, man. War is an aggressive thing, you know. You have, you, you can't let up. Well, you you didn't see the other thing too is it it, it, it kind of is uh, indicator to me of how far the rots got in our society mm-hmm. because you didn't see thousands, tens of thousands of people waving freaking Taliban flags and flying shahadas out oh there, but you do see that now. Oh, our college campuses, dude. I would yeah. Admit, thank God, my children are all grown and done with college because they wouldn't be going to college on my dime no I, there's no way i would send my kid to college these days looking at no. the way things have deteriorated on college campuses yeah i mean I, they've lost their minds yeah they, they're, they're like little jihadists they're all they're brainwashed it's worse than it's worse than it was in the 60s we're, we're headed in that direction I mean, i mean it's just it's just terrible they have absolutely no clue what hamas is none they, no. they are completely uneducated and yet they they think they know everything. You know, I've listened to some of these kids on on TV over the past couple of weeks since the war started, and I, I mean, it's just they're just incredibly uninformed, ill-informed. You know, it's not even that they're uninformed; they're misinformed. They're yeah. misinformed because our our education system has deteriorated so bad, and our academia is so far to the left right now that I mean, they might as well be walking around with AKs. Uh, you know, side by side with Hamas, because that's pretty much what they're doing. They're the American wing of Hamas. I think they're headed in that direction. Like it, it's, you know, kind of going down a dark path with it all. But that, this, that's the reason that that you wrote the books you wrote, that I wrote what I've written, and and you know, we we, we do what we do because we're we're seeing this. I mean, this is, and, and North Carolina, by the way, like everybody thinks is, is not from North Carolina. They think North Carolina is this big conservative place, but man, not that far away from us. Chapel Hill, we can look at that. We can look at Durham. We can look at Asheville. These, these places, I mean, Charlotte too, but Charlotte's always kind of been a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Is, I mean super super uber liberal you know and they they've crossed that like you know where we just want to be left alone and you know and it, like dude if you want to be a communist you can go be a fucking communist 
and just leave the rest of us alone and leave us out of it. But they can't do that. They don't want to do that. Yeah, no, I'm, they, I'm they want to. I mean, right. I'm a libertarian, so. But right. For me, it's like, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. You know, but, it's yeah. like, but now they want to tell me what to do. You know, that's right. what pisses me off. And people start telling me how to live but my life. They, they're very militant. They're militant revolutionaries. And so this, we're, we're basically what, what, what I'm boiling all this down to, and you know, long-time listeners know exactly what I'm about to say, is we're, we're headed towards that time. I mean, last December, so almost a year ago, in Moore County. I, you I know, remember, yeah. They, I raised my kids in Moore County, so I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. That substation attack, yeah. yeah, and and it was leftists that did that. I, I have no doubt. It was leftists no that did that. Yeah. I mean, that was um, there was a transgender, yeah, something or another there, there mouthpiece. Was, there was a, tra- there was a uh, uh, it was a uh, what do you call it when people dress up like women? Uh, drag. There was a drag yeah. show, and they cut the power. They think maybe it had something to do with that. I think, I think it was a false flag. Yeah. You know, I think it was it was somebody on the left that was trying yeah, to make it look. Yeah, it like was. It was some right wing yep. extremist that did that. Because you know? because there was a transgender quote unquote activist mm-hmm. that immediately had the photos of where the right, the right. substation was broken into. Well, I mean, you tell me. How the fuck did you know exactly yeah. where this was going to be? Was yeah, before anybody knew. And then you said, you, you're going to tell me that uh, what was being put out to the world, that, that this creature was putting out there, was that a police officer there gave it to you. Like, specifically. So you mean to tell me that, that a sheriff's deputy or somebody in Moore County, which we're both familiar with Moore County, this is highly unlikely, would have given it to you and only you, a person who doesn't live there Same or is man. from there. Looks Come like on. A duck. Smells like a duck, walks like a duck. Right. A duck, it just stinks a little bit. But yeah. they, I mean, we're one year removed from that. Now they have this, this you know, this, this, uh, these Hamas street protests. They're running around saying, you know, we're going to kill all the Jews. We know they're, they're going to say we want to kill all the Christians next. They want to say that. They want to say it now. Some of them are. You know, and and that's that's just what the that's the road we're headed down. So you know, it, it, I just it's, read an article about that actually. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if you knew this. I'm Jewish, and, and uh, I'm probably one of the like three special forces guys that's Jewish. But uh, I'm not a very good Jew. I like bacon. But, <laughs> I am Jewish. but um, I just read a, a thing. A lot of a lot of Jewish people are so afraid they're going out and learning how to shoot now. You know, they're learning yeah. how to shoot, move, and communicate because they want to be able to protect their families. Right. And I can totally understand that. You know, I mean, this is, in this day and age, it's a scary place to live, man. And there's people out there yep. that, that want to take your rights. They want to take your ability to live your life in peace and harmony and just fill it with chaos, you know. And, and you have to take control of your life because nobody's going to do it for you. Right. You know, nobody's. So that's why I always say, you know, get out there and train. I don't care if you train with me. I don't care if they train with you. I don't care who they train with, but get out there and train. Yep. Get out there and learn because if you don't, if you don't, if you wait for an emergency to arise, you're screwed. Bottom line, if the, if, if the shit goes downhill tomorrow and you were thinking, I'm, I'm going to, you keep putting things off like that until tomorrow, tomorrow's going to, going to come and you're not going to be prepared. You know, and do you want to be that guy? Do you want to be that guy that his family ends up screwed because he did not take control 
of his own destiny. Damn right. And, and, and I put it on men. You know, I know, I, I believe women should get out there and learn how to defend themselves too. But if you're, if you're the man of the house, I mean, and you don't know how to use a weapon to defend yourself and your family. Yep. You know, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's, a, that's a basic, in my mind, that's a basic prerequisite of manhood is to be a provider, but not just the provider. You're a protector. You're a protector. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. God it, made it's, us bigger for a reason. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> you fi- I mean, and and you know, like like you need to be definitely like I could say we're we're probably both married to the shield maiden personality types. The, you just you have to be with you know certain lifestyles, military lifestyle, constantly deployed and everything. You, wives got to be tough. They they got to know how to take my care of business. Military wife. She, yeah, you know, she's an army wife. I mean, I yep. spent twenty five years in the army. And, and she's right there by my side. She's yeah. tough as hell, man. I, I always say <laughs> I would trade. I wouldn't trade positions any day. No, I, you send me back to combat any day before you know having to go through you know raising kids by yourself. I mean that's a that's that's a that's a tough job right there. I mean, you know? I see it now. You know, and I couldn't imagine raising kids while I was in. Like that's, that's, I have a new appreciation for all my buddies, all guys I served with that had kids mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and I don't spend that, f- that much time away from home now, but, um, you know, it, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm gone some, but it's, it's not like six month rotations and, well, you know, it, it, it is, yeah. it is. But with that said, brother, circling back to the book. You know, you, you got your two books, Green Beret's Bushcraft Guide, Green Beret's Survival Guide, Master Sergeant Brian M. Morris. You definitely need it. We're going to be kicking out more podcasts because now that I know. Retired. <laughs> retired. Yes, yeah, proudly retired in huge letters. Man, but we're, we're definitely going to be kicking out some more podcasts, man. So check out JM Dynamic as well. That's uh, jmdynamic.com, w- right? www.jmdynamic.com. N-A-M-I-C.com. Roger, Roger, brother. Anyhow, Skills man, it is so good to be out here, get a little time yeah, outdoors. Beautiful day. Yeah, brother. Beautiful uh, North Carolina woods in the fall. Can't beat it. That's right. Folks, get up on those books, man. There's not enough opportunities out there to gain that knowledge from people who have been there, done that, and these books definitely are part and parcel of it. Get out there and train as well. Of course, brushbeater.store, we have got, uh, I got inundated with a bunch of orders. It was kind of a little unexpected, so we've got, we got cleaned out on some things. I sold no less than 400 AR-152s. I, like, my entire stock of them that I had, like, through Christmas, I thought I was going to be good to go. And then all of a sudden, bam, I got slammed. So, it's, but I've got more on order. So, if you see that out-of-stock notification on some of the products on there, sign up for the email update. And uh, you will be notified for when they come back in stock. I've got them on order, so it should be uh, about a 14-day turnaround, and I'm going to have them back in. So we're looking at just after Black Friday and all of that. But I do have a lot of stuff that is still in stock over there. 
It's just the uh, the the high demand items uh, went a little faster than I had anticipated. But hey, that's a big shout out and a thanks to all of you. Anyway, with that said, for myself and Master Sergeant Morris sitting here, thank you for being with us on this episode, and I will talk to you again very very soon. Zensi Scout out.